I want to watch something fun because I'm in a bad mood. Unless you are really hard up to see them play boys' boobies. You have your VHS and I've got my Black Norwegian metal. Give it to me. Feed it to me. My eyeballs crave it. Uh, our fans demand it. And so do I. It's not a mental note if you write it down. Just for the record. Fear there's a loud truck going by your house, so... Yep. I'll let her rip on my end. Timing. It's always timing. That's that's my week. That's what's going on right now, sir. <laughs> I think in the last four days, I might have had ten hours of sleep. Maybe. Maybe. And that includes last night? <laughs> oh, which kid is doing what nonsense? <laughs> it's it's not the fault of any one particular entity. Okay. But uh they're they're just all taking their turns. Just, oh. Uh, wife wakes me up for the because of this, and then the dog barks because of that, and then the kid says, "Hey, because of this." And <laughs> she came down this morning. And I I finally came downstairs on the couch and fell asleep, and she came down and woke me up. <laughs> like I just fell asleep. Why? Why? Thanks. Now I'm awake again. Oh, she goes, "I'm so sorry," and then she went back to bed. Like. Oh, <laughs> like like every time I turn around and I just fall asleep, something comes and wakes me up, and it, it's not like a truck going by outside. It's just, just random. Why it, God does not want me to sleep? That's what it is. <sighs> I guess not, because good lord, <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm so damn tired. And then uh, the other day we went to the lake. With, uh, you know, it was, what was it, Labor Day this weekend. Uh, yeah. So Sunday we went to the lake, which was fun. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of drinks, but I had a lot of fun. And we did the inner tube thing behind the boat. And they're like, you're going to be sore tomorrow. You know, I was doing it with the boys, both the boys on there. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I'm just hanging on to a raft. We weren't going crazy. It's not like they were trying to shake me. I had the kids with me. <laughs> oh boy. I mean, I've I've worked out in the past, sir. I, I know what it feels like to be workout sore. I feel like I never worked out a day in my life, and then I did a CrossFit competition. That's how I feel today. Like, just, just awful. Like, I got hit by a truck. But nope, oh. I just got gently pulled behind a boat. Uh, oh. <sighs> I, I feel awesome. I, I just... <laughs> just awesome. I'm just rocking it today. Over to you. I, how are you? Oh, I, I, I was expect. I honestly, I was expecting like a major catastrophe that was an ongoing thing. For well, I'm still you know, in the middle of it. It's ongoing. I, I'm still tired as fuck. I know, but I was. Just, I would figure that there was like a. a yeah, I mean this. This it was. It's weird. It was not really anything like. Just Shut just, up, just, dude. I'm in the middle of, like, a four-day no-sleep bender, and you're like, you're fine. It's no thing. <laughs> I'm beyond uh, newborn tired. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> uh, 
Wow. Uh, oh, how am I? I usual. <laughs> oh. Um, I mean, I think I think okay. Um, <laughs> what did I? Do? Oh, well, I, okay. So the weekend started out pretty bad. Uh, they're just she just which I texted you about about yeah that stuff yeah which I'm not gonna get on into on the podcast so. That was that went as you know, as I expected it would, um, and then things progressed progressively got better. Uh, I had had uh, supper with an old high school friend of mine, uh, Phoebe, one of my best friends, and uh, we laughed and laughed and laughed and had a great time and made fun. Of, yeah, just great. It was it was great. Um, and then last night got together with our neighbors, the gentleman that's in the military, and we had a great time. Just. Yeah, that's that's my jam right there. Like, just let's talk metal music and oh, you named your son after Private Hudson from Aliens, and let's just do a whole bunch of one-liners from Aliens. And like, <laughs> okay, we're good. We are good. So you got a friend now. I got yes, I've got a a neighbor Canton friend. <laughs> so I they're strategically placed in my life. Like I've got a friend in Columbus, Phoebe. I've got. You know, you're my Holmes County friend. Steve's my Dover friend. Not that you ever come see, not that we ever hang out or anything. No, no, we're 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 computer friends. You see, <laughs> yep. Larry is my Akron friend. Um, so it's they're they're here, there, and everywhere. Yeah, you know, Florida friend. Yeah, oh, yeah. Gary is my Florida friend. I, was say, um, I, I guess we could mention Jeff, but he's nah, nah. He's that's like our nothing. outhouse friend, I guess. Yeah, that is. Yeah, he's. He's there to, I suppose, wipe my ass when I, I, I. He's a person that exists <laughs> that we both just cordially know. Yes, that is all he is. <laughs> so anyway, so that's I like to have strategic placed, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm so tired. Uh, it's gonna be great though, isn't it? Uh-huh. It's gonna be. <laughs> and great. I'm in my office, and. Um, that's always great. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll stand by for the updates on what's going on in the cul-de-sac. Uh, yeah, well, actually, I'll tell you, because, so we've been actively, like, we've kind of narrowed down what the the issue is here. There, There is a culprit to all of this drama. We've now narrowed it down. Let's just leave it at that. I, are, is it one entity or multiple? One. Yeah. Okay. Just one. And the, so, and the neighbors are in agreement with you, I'm guessing? Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. All right. So this is this is not a lone wolf war you're fighting. No, there is a ringleader to... Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Two can play at that game. <laughs> All right. I can be very vindictive. <laughs> you? Nah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've got the Weaver hot streak in me. <laughs> Don't fuck with me. <laughs> anyway, yeah, as I as I am right now, kind of like I'm in a hey, okay. So here's my next bitch, bitch session, which actually is movie related. Go for it. We got time. So um, my on um, on my voodoo, uh, and this is actually a movie that I've thrown your way several times. Lords of Chaos. Okay. Uh, so. I'm like, hmm, I really, really like that movie a lot, uh, to the point where I'm like, I might even watch that movie again. And then I realized, oh, so the $14 one that I bought on Voodoo, that's edited. The Blu-ray actually is the uncut version. I'm like, are you 
really, for, are you for real right now? Like, there's another $20 that I'm going to have to blow now eventually because I, I don't, I don't want to watch the R-rated version. I want to watch the unrated version. That's the version I want to watch because the movie is incredibly violent. And I'm like, well, I need that extra minute. I, I have to have the extra, extra minute. <laughs> so my version's 116 minutes and the unrated's 118. Great. Just great. I'm not happy about that. I mean, I'm. <laughs> I understand. I, I get yeah, you. I, I just, I'm, at this point, I actually am a bit surprised because, uh, even with like, um, Oh, the uh, Harry Potter... Uh, uh, I've been completely drawing a blank, which just happens when we tape in the morning. The Which I hate, by the way, for the record. I, uh, I hate uh, <laughs> Give up one of your fucking karate nights. Let's go. Come on. Uh, Thursday might be the night. All right. That's, well, that's kind of the night that we're kind of eyeing for a, like, let's just... Relax. Let's, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it might be Thursday. All right. I'll keep you, I'll keep you posted oh, cool. in a month or two. Cool. <laughs> Oh, I have um, soccer Thursdays. Uh, oh, do you? Uh, <laughs> from 6 to 7. But after that, I'm good. Okay. What about before? Mm, working. I have a job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wait, in the evening, I mean? Go on with your bitch sesh. We'll, we'll oh, discuss. okay. I'm, I don't know. I, oh, uh, so um, Grindelwald. Crimes of Grindelwald. So they released that on Blu-ray and 4K and all that stuff. And it's like... The movie was, it, it's broken, but it's like, that there's the extended version. Only downloadable, only on on the, on the streaming sites, not on Blu-ray. Or, I'm like, what? Just, the, for the customers that are paying for this stuff, just don't do that. Don't divvy it up to where it's, come on. But, and that, with that one, though, they're looking at, well, who's going to rebuy this? Only the hardcore fans. Let's just make it streaming so we have lower our costs. And and yeah. it's it's a new version of the double dip. They they used yeah, to have the is. double it's... dip, and and now nobody is going to double dip because physical is hanging on. But yeah, ugh. yeah, I know. It, it, but so it does surprise me that, um, and and maybe it's because the streaming the streaming one was out significantly longer than the Blu-ray. I mean, that this Lords of Chaos was it was available for quite a while streaming. And then after a while, it came on Blu-ray. So I'm wondering if maybe it's like, this is going to entice more people to buy the Blu-ray now. Which, there's me, thinking, oh, what do I do? I need this. Anyway, there you go. There's my, which is, that's complete, that's called first world bitch sesh problem right there. (laughs) Is, do I spend $20 to get two extra minutes of the Norwegian death metal band uh, Mayhem? There, that's... <sighs> Even saying that makes me feel just rotten. <laughs> it just makes you feel angrier. Yeah. Uh, so. I'm still doing pod prep. For the roulette! Um, I'm Eric. And I'm Eugene. And are you ready for the roulette, sir? I'm ready. And here it is. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette. We dive in the ocean cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And on this episode of The Roulette, it is... Ah, before we get into that, I wanted to mention I forgot another black and white movie for my top ten. And I was so angry about it that I was... I made it Oh, note. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Pie. Oh, I think... Okay. Yeah. Aronofsky's first film. That would have yeah. easily made my top ten. Easily. 
Hey, and that's one that I missed. I I missed that one too. Now I you like it way more than I do, but you know it's oh, still. I, I was disgusted with mention. myself that I forgot that one. And on this episode of the Roulette, it is Pawn Shop Chronicles up against Dave Made a Maze, and I'm up first. Let's talk about Pawn Shop Chronicles. Anthology of stories involving meth-addicted white supremacists, a man looking for his kidnapped wife, and an Elvis impersonator. Directed by Wayne Kramer. Starring Paul Walker, Norman Reedus, Elijah Wood, (laughs) Matt Dillon, Vincent D'Onofrio... Uh, Luke Haas, just a whole bunch of really good people. And this was fine. This was good. It was worth a watch. It, it very much is an anthology, just kind of the, the pawn shop is, is the wraparound story, so it's almost a, I have to say it because everybody that watches this is going to say it, but it, it's got a Pulp fictiony kind of feel, and that's fine. Uh, everybody should make a movie like that at some point, you know, where it's a interconnected story kind of thing. Uh, the problem here is something that we complain about often. The last story is by far the weakest of the bunch. I mean, it's a fine story, but it should have been up front. It should have been number one. Because, uh, the first story was way more interesting with the white supremacists and Paul Walker and, and meth and, and craziness. That, that, that yeah. was awesome. And then The Man Looking for His Kidnapped Wife, that was a horror show. It turned into a horror movie, a gory, gross, disgusting one. And it ended the way I thought it was going to end. We could have done a little, maybe done another rewrite on that one. But uh, uh, the story, but it was fine. It, it was good. It just gross as hell. And then, yeah, we get to this one about this Elvis impersonator, and it's like, don't give a shit. Don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> if it had been up front, if it had been the first one in the series, it would have been okay, but it was the last one, and it's like you went from this insane story with meth people and and stealing and robbing and being insane and uh, to this horror show of Elijah Wood kidnapping women and a guy uh, torturing him to death, and then this one. Or actually, not even the death. Did he? A- anyway, that's not the point. It was just gross as hell, uh, but then you get to this third one, it's like, oh, here's an Elvis guy, and uh, his woman is leaving him. But then he sings good at a county fair, and, and then he gets signed to a contract. Like, that's the one you're, that, that's the one you're finishing up on. Like, I, I was almost angry by the time it was done. But I enjoyed watching it for a roulette. It was more than good enough for roulette. And uh, throw it, keep it in the queue. It's, it, it's something to give a watch. So what would, I mean... Surely someone was like, okay, this would be the perfect spot for this. I don't. So I wonder what I, their. I don't know, but how often do we do this when we talk about anthology films? Where I know, we're like, why is the, who picked that as the closer? That's not the closer. That's the weakest story of the bunch. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it might just be us, but we'll get uh, President of Hollywood on the line and, and file a formal complaint. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that sounds. Yeah, it sounds like it's worth a watch, I think. Oh, that middle one's all you. You, you, <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good stuff. You'd like the first two. Actually, both of them. You'd like them. Uh, over okay. to you. Dave Made a Maze, which I'm sure is Dave. about the same as my movie. <laughs> you, you've been asking uh, for this Dave movie. Dave Made a Maze. I know, I know. Uh, and I'm, <laughs> I am glad to... <laughs> 
Dave made a pretentious uh, film, is what I'm thinking, but go ahead. And you would be correct. Um, <laughs> having said that, it's it's cool. I liked it. Uh, it's very... Sorry, I, 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 I'm trying to not use that H word. Uh, <laughs> the comedy is very... Hip. I don't want to say that, but it... What it was, was very funny. Like, it, it was kind of cute for what it was, and there, everybody talks ironically to each other. Uh, the special effect, the low-fi special effects are actually pretty cool. Like, you can tell the movie was made very much on the cheap, but it was fast-paced. Funny, this, this guy, uh, who has, like, middle age, not even middle age yet, but he, He's kind of not done a whole lot with his life, so he builds this big fort, like with boxes and stuff in his living room. And then he walks into the his fort, and he gets um, lost. And his girlfriend comes home, and she, what? And then all of a sudden, there's all sorts of people over there trying to figure out how to get out of this maze. And then I mean, the maze is only a couple boxes in his living room, but then you, when you go in, it's like this huge, huge well, by huge, I mean. Yeah, it the sets were obvious. It makes it look bigger than what was in the living room. Mm. So, and there's like certain things that, like, there's booby traps or whatever that might kill you. And if you, you know, everything is done on such lo fi on the cheap that it's almost comic. Like, if I'm gonna, like, say, say someone would get their head chopped off, it would be like confetti would boop, kind of pop out. Uh, it's just, it was, it was, it was cute. <laughs> Um, but it was funny. I, I, they could have totally ruined this by being even more overindulgent to where it's like an hour and 45 minutes. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. But they knew. Let's just keep our... Eugene's going to watch this thing. Let's, let's yep. keep it in. <laughs> yeah. Hour and 15 with five minutes and credits. Good to go. So I was never bored. Laughed a few times. Got a kick out of the cheesy special effects. And just you just have to. They're they're talking in ways that you know the you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. But why are you in there? I don't know. Why are you? Why why am I in here? Like all right, I yeah, mumblecore, whatever it's called. <laughs> That's, yeah. People don't really talk like this, and if they do, you're not friends with them. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, oh, and I think there was something about a flip flop or a shoe or something. In, I whatever. That gets lost, and that might be the MacGuffin to get out of whatever. It, it's already starting to just evaporate like dust from my brain. But I've certainly seen much worse on the roulette. Oh my god, I'm sore. Okay. Uh, I'll pass on that, thank you kindly. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's go to the next round. Coming your way. 68 kill. A hapless guy agrees to help his stunning but psychotic girlfriend rob her loathsome sugar daddy in a scheme as ill-conceived as it is violent. On Netflix. <laughs> uh, first kill. <laughs> a stockbroker brings his young son back from, uh, to the town where he grew up for a hunting trip, but things turn dangerous when they witness a crime. Starring eh, Bruce Willis and Hayden Christensen. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, I look at disgust. That's mm, that's that is Nick Cage territory there, that's the sir. The reason you have four picks this week, sir. Uh, <laughs> your safe pick is Bloody Sunday. This is a movie that I do want your opinion on sometime. Uh, canopy. Paul Greengrass's magnetic and impassioned drama shows the events of the day through the eyes of doesn't member a member of Parliament of Northern Ireland who is a central organizer for the Northern Ireland Civil Rights Association march. In January 1972. And I own this movie on uh, DVD, uh, but it is a checklist film. It's damn good. Something uh, it, That is by far your safe pick. And lastly, Heavy Trip. Uh, Turo is trying to overcome his fears by leading the most unknown heavy metal band in Finland, Impaled Rectum. <laughs> well, this is what Eugene's taking this Just week. Stop to the right there, yeah. Metal, yeah, yeah. In metal <laughs> in Norway and... Yeah, and <laughs> Thanks, Steve, Dick. <laughs> Way to ruin my ru- roulette giving this week. Oh, <laughs> uh, up your up your rectum up first my is rectum. Uh, <laughs> damn near metalhead. damn near killed him. <laughs> yep, metalhead metalhead from 2013. Um, and if you don't pick this, please throw it my way. A girl is caught between the life that took her brother and her own inability to strike out on her own. In her grief, she finds solace in the dark music of black metal and dreams of becoming a rock star. I'm like, ah, yeah. Um, yeah, you won't pick that. Uh, next up is Relaxer. I will pick it if you don't pick the metal thing. Ooh, swing and a miss. Oh, uh, relaxer. Re- impaled rectum. Here relaxing yeah. helps that. <laughs> oh, I see a theme for this episode. Um, comedy, fantasy, 2018. Uh, with the impending Y2K apocalypse fast approaching, Abby is faced with the ultimate challenge, the unbeatable level 256 on Pac-Man, and he can't get off the couch until he conquers it. A, su- a survival story set in a living room. I'm sure that is uh, riveting entertainment. Um, <laughs> you put it up. Well, now you're dissing it. Yeah. That's well, Pac-Man. It's it's Pac-Man. So yeah. it's... Um, and... Um, Lastly is Cat Chaser. 2000, 2000, good God. 1989, directed by Abel Ferreira. A Miami hotel owner finds danger when he becomes romantically involved with the wife of a deposed general from the Dominican Republic where he fought many years back. Starring Peter Weller, Kelly McGillis. Oh, well, good Lord, I know what you're taking. (laughs) Kelly McGillis. Hot! 1989. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, two year, two or three years after her star-studded performance in Top Gun. Since um, I gave you four picks, I want you to pick first, because that will decide what I pick. So. Oh, okay. Um, so, it did, I'm not going to pick it, but what made you throw Bloody Sunday up there for me? Because it's it popped up on one of the streaming sites, and I only have it on DVD. Okay. So, Bloody Sunday... John Schlesinger. Okay, John Schlesinger. He directed... No, it's Paul Greenger's film. Oh. Isn't it? Oh, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, yes, you're right. You're right. Um, I actually... Well, IMDb wanted to think for me, and so it like I typed in uh, Bloody Sunday, and I'm like, oh, you mean su- Sunday Bloody Sunday. Bloop. Like, Well, based on your previous searches, I'm sure that it... <laughs> oh, yes. Blood and... um, I'm going to take Heavy Trip. I mean, come on. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Oh, wait, no, 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 not not Steve. Thanks, TJ. Oh, was it TJ? Yeah. <sighs> Thanks. 
Thanks a lot. Okay, well, guess I'll just uh, relax her up my butthole and take relaxer. I desperately want to take Cat Chaser, but we'll save that one for another week. Okay. I am going to watch that one, though. That's that's on my list. Really? It's Abel Ferreira and... I mean, that was... Yeah. It was my pick, my pick, my pick. <laughs> Kelly, Mag- Kelly McGillis. Well, just... Peter Weller is awesome. Yeah. Cover's cool. Yeah. All right. There you go. Next week on the roulette, it will be Relaxer and Heavy Trip. I'm just now realizing that 68 Kill is a movie that I almost booked at the theater a long time ago. I'm like, I, that title sounds familiar, but I think it was... It seemed like a Tarantino-y type thing, and I am like, nah. Gotcha. Anyway, so keep that one up there. I might, uh, I might pick that one uh, in a future installment. All right. Uh, okay. What are we doing? Big review show. Yeah. Before we get into that, let's. I just real quickly want to get your opinion on the second, and I'm hoping final trailer for Joker. And the fact that the, there's some reviews starting to trickle out now? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to click over here to Letterboxd so I can read you something. If we're going to derail about Joker here, this is a good derail. Okay. Me, uh, just give me one second, one tick. Because uh, I'm bringing up a concern that I, me and uh, some of my friends have with this. About Joker. Yeah. Oh, don't tell me I can't find it now. Yes, some the reviews are coming out, and they're really good. They're very strong. And damn it, maybe I'm maybe I have some confidence in the website, and they actually got it got removed. That would make me really, really fucking happy. Uh, the the one of the first reviews that I read on Letterboxd for this Joker movie. Uh, I I don't believe it's a real review, but a lot of people are quoting it and using it to talk about incels. Do you know what incels are, sir? No. Uh, as I understand it, they are people that can't get laid because of reasons, and they really want to, but they can't, and they blame people around them for not being accepting of their... I don't... weight, or intelligence, or video gamers... Or whatever. Alright. But now they are... They call themselves incels in like that they're um, almost wanting to have the same kind of classification as a minority group? Or something? What? And they're... Man, I wish I could find this Joker review. (laughs) Because it's the perfect example of what an incel is. It was just disgusting. Just disgusting. Uh, he said that this movie is the, this is my Black Panther. And this is, I believe, white people. Say, or, you know, this is my yeah. Black Panther. And it's a Black Panther movie for incels. And, uh, this is why people need to start paying attention to video game people because we have a higher IQ and we should be allowed to impregnate whoever we want. Uh, of people of our choosing because we need to further our DNA of intelligent people and not just ugly jock chads. Uh, it went on and on and on, paragraph after paragraph, and only the first line of the entire review is about Joker. 
the rest of it is this weird video game rant about how they should be video game people should be able to impregnate whoever they want, whoever they choose to. <laughs> wow. It was lunacy. But this is the this is the fear with this Joker movie. I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know if if it actually caters to that kind of thought like he he is a sad person and can't get laid and that's why he turns into the Joker. That would be a bad thing. Let's not yeah. uh, I don't want the story to be that. That's terrible. That's not what you should be putting across. Uh, but from the amount of great reviews I'm reading that are comparing it to Main Streets and Taxi Driver and stuff, it doesn't sound like that's the case. Uh, but a lot of people are quoting that one review that I read on Letterboxd. Uh, your thoughts on it? I, I think it's going to be great, but uh, again, as long as it doesn't cater to that psycho crowd, I, I will Yeah, be- no kidding. Um, uh, That's crazy. Uh, I think it looks fantastic. I thought it looked fantastic from the first teaser trailer to this thing here. I, I'm still... Trying to figure out what exactly is it? Like, it's not a superhero movie, right? But it is about the Joker from the Batman universe or DC universe, right? Right. But it's, it's, I don't know that, uh, Batman's gonna be in it. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's what everybody's trying to figure out. Could they, could this be something to where it's like, with the Ben Affleck version not doing so hot and he's out as Batman? Could this be, hey, let's experiment, let's do a really R-rated Joker, and if that really takes off, then let's introduce a really dark Batman character and to, to duel with Joker. I'm just, I'm trying to figure out what's like, is this in the DC universe? Is this, you know, there's Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman and blah, 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 and this, where, this is in that universe, right? This is DC, correct? Or is this? It is, but it's, I don't know. they're calling it a one-off. They're, they're saying that it, it, it doesn't exist in the same world, but they could very easily just roll it over into the same... I mean, they're changing everything with Batman now, uh, as far as doing a young Batman again, and I... They they just got so blown out by Justice League that they're like, we're just doing one-offs. Everybody... <laughs> yeah. And you could very easily roll them in together, I think, later on, but for right now, they're like, we're just doing... We're, this is its own thing, don't worry about the whole... Um, same universe thing. So there, this is not going to be, I'm assuming this is not going to be a slam bam action. This is more like you said, taxi driver. Like, yeah, d- this is a character characters. piece. Yeah. That's whatever, that's what the reviews are saying. Very cool. And I'm, it's, it's ballsy that they're doing this. I think it looks great. And I think it's going to do really good too, especially it, while it's obviously not a horror movie, it, the timing I think is good with when they're releasing it, like kind of in the October Halloween ish type um, yeah, you know, setting. Yeah. So, and then on the complete other end of the spectrum, we have the new Terminator Dark Fate, in which <laughs> I was like, I am so ready for a trailer that really gets me like excited. Like, okay, now I'm in. And uh, yeah, I, I, uh, man, I don't know. I, I watched that. I thought that's what you were going to talk about. Instead, you surprised me with the Joker thing. But um, yeah, I watched that new trailer, and I was. Hmm, my predictions all kind of stand. You're backing up my predictions, and I don't like that. Yeah, I, I, the CGI seems to. I, I mean, I, I guess I wasn't bothered that much by the CGI, but just the nothing is like wow. Now this, I have to like Joker. I'm like I, I, I have to see this. It Chapter Two. I have to see this. Certain movies, I'm like, oh, I, I can't wait. This one here, I'm like, yeah. So far, you're still you're Netflix roulette. Maybe not roulette, man. Maybe not roulette, but you're uh, streaming. You're viewing. 
Oh yeah, very home viewing. So, did you like this trailer better than the first one, or, or kind of more of the same? It's okay, I, I still think that they're showing too much. Why is it that every single Terminator trailer, not just this movie, all of them, has to have the, uh, I'll be back line in it? Why, why, I know, why can't we just save that for the movie? We yeah. know it's coming. Or don't even use it, just to, just to be different, don't even use it. Because hearing Linda Hamilton say it in the trailer, I'm like, oh, that's cringy. It wasn't as cringy as when Arnold did it in T3. She'll be back. That was super cringy. Here, the way she says it, like, so relaxed, I'm like, ah, that's fine. Uh, But, like, didn't need, don't need it in the trailer. And then the part where she goes, because she's me. I feel like you're giving away the entire plot with that. So John is, I'm guessing John's dead. He's in this movie. What's his name? Uh, Edward Furlong. Clearly not for long, because you're keeping him out of the trailer, so I'm guessing we get a death scene with him, and then this girl that they're trying to protect, she's the new John Connor. You ch- you changed the future, but you didn't change our fate. That's in the... that's in. Yeah, hence dark fate. Hence... Yeah. Hence, you need a new Sarah Connor who's going to lead the uprising or whatever, and it's, oh, it's going to be this girl. She's me. Why do you have to protect her? Because she's me. Ooh! I wonder what that could mean. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it just feels like, well, this will be part one of the next trilogy or whatever. Boy, do they have a boner for James Cameron Returns producer. I'm like, you've done that about three times now. Uh, yep. Eh. Yeah. And you've brought Arnie back before. Uh, I mean, actually, he's been in every one. I mean, granted, I think the the uh, McG one, he was just a, a CG, yeah, for a, a little bit. But still, I, you know what? I actually wouldn't mind rewatching Part Four again, just because I gave it some hate, and I, I'm like, ah, I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. But now, even I, just have bo- you watching watched this trailer, part two yet? you were supposed to go through the whole series again. Remember? I know, but no, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I wouldn't mind doing. Uh, I, I, I watched part one not long ago. Right, and I said you got to watch part two quickly yeah. so that you see how much better yeah. it is. Two, three, four. I mean, I could actually go through all of them. Oh, that Genesis, though. Genesis. Oh, that's, oh. that's better than part three. I like that one more than part three at this point. Whew. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I, yeah. <laughs> go watch part... I guess I, I'm not going to do this again. I told you, you got to watch them all in close together. So that you can really grade them against each entry. Uh, it's it's funny, part three. There's some jokes. <laughs> uh, and the thing is, I think that at this point, that's your least favorite of the Terminators, correct? At this point, yes. Oh, man. Are, uh, I, st- I still uh, like uh, the ending. I appreciate that. But, man, the jokes. They're jokes, sir. Uh. Nick Stahl, I like him as uh, yep. John Connor. He's fine. Oh, let's have jokes about them hooking up. You should. She is a prime woman. Whatever he says, it's just like a oh, breeding age. Oh, <laughs> it's it's not good. <laughs> Even though the ending is cool and it has some good parts in it, and some good action. The CGI is terrible. I mean, terrible. In that that uh, vehicle chase, car chase. Ah, oh, that was good. I, again, I haven't seen this movie in. Probably ten years. The action is good, but the CGI is awful. It's and let's make some more jokes. From, I put on Elvis or uh, uh, I put on Elton John sunglasses. Isn't it funny? Talk to the hand. Oh, that was in that one, wasn't it? 
<laughs> so what you're trying to tell me is it's basically what Hellboy is now. I don't know Just, if it's that bad, but it's not... Again, you gotta watch them all back to back to back to back to back so you can, you know... You let too much time lapse, and then your memory relaxes on how good or bad an entry was. Yeah. Well, the first one was great. Yep. And the second one will be awesome again someday. Uh, it's even better. And there were, uh, there's some, I don't know, randomly after we talked about Terminator, there were some random memes going around about some of the special effects in that part two. Where, did you know that Linda Hamilton has a twin sister? No, she does? She does, and she stands in for her on certain scenes. In Terminator 2, there was no CGI with her being a double. It was her twin sister. Cool, I didn't, I didn't know you that. You got that scene towards the end where the liquid uh, Terminator is approaching John, and she says, John, get down, and there's two Linda Hamiltons there. That's her twin sister. Oh, that's cool. Man, they look a lot alike, if that's the case, from, from what I'm remembering. Yeah, and there was a trick shot, too. You remember in the extended cut where... They they took out the CPU from Arnold's head. Yeah. Well, there, there's a, a shot in there where it's facing a mirror, and you should be able to see the cameraman and everything. But that was a trick mirror shot. It wasn't actually a mirror. Arnold was sitting on the other side of the frame for the mirror with Linda Hamilton's sister, and it was a Arnold stand-in that was the back of his head. Ah, oh, that's cool. Right. It, like there, I posted yeah. a, a link on, or a thing on Twitter about it, but it, it has a one screen grab and a breakdown of this is the real person, this is the twin, this is the fake person, and it's all in camera and it's all real and not CGI. Amazing. That's cool. Impressive. Yeah. Someday I will. Someday, someday. I will. Re- yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll get on that. Meanwhile, you know, Norwegian death metal. <laughs> Or black metal. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Black metal. I need to. Oh, what? I stand corrected. Is there a issue between black metal and death metal? Oh yes. Yeah. Death metal is like your obituaries or cannibal corpses. Norwegian death metal is mayhem and yeah, the like. And rectal so get, bleeding or whatever. Rectal bleeding and yep, it's more in the face paint. There's a lot. You know, that's the face paint and the. I'm really getting into this whole whole subgenre lately. Uh-huh. It's really fascinating. It's woods and fog and black leather and white face paint and like a a stag running in the background and or a goat actually no, it should be like a goat with the big, you know, horns and pentagrams and upside down crosses and I think you're crossing your blacks and your deaths medals. I'm yeah, now they are starting to intertwine when I, yeah. But let's see, yeah, let's keep it in the forest or like looking over, out over a cliff and there's fog and just clouds rolling in and. <laughs> <laughs> I am still trying to find this damn review. <laughs> nope. Nowhere to nope, be found. Nope, not gonna happen. I ho- I hope, Maybe it was taken down? I hope so, because it was awful. Just oh, awful. Hey, and, oh, hey, Oh. A quick update on uh, Dork Farce. If you, uh, <laughs> if you, can. so the update on Dork Farce is, um, so they went and posted a, uh, oh, posted a thing on Facebook uh, touting their upcoming uh, Ator release, which Ator is a Italian Conan the Barbarian ripoff, whatever, and they made reference to the fact that. This newest shooting, the guy's name was Ator. And could it be coincidence? I'm like, are you, are you really that lame that you're actually like 
promoting your product by tying it in with a mass shooting. So now the uh, the Blu-ray the Blu-ray fans of the world have united and are like really coming down hard on DF, myself included, because that's that's a bunch of crap. So don't buy dork farce. All right, uh, stick yes. with, stick with vinegar syndrome. You know what the the review has been removed. I've found that out, and the guy that posted it has been banned. Is what I'm. Oh, that, really? That's what I'm seeing right here. Because I I googled keywords that were in that review, and it came up. Joker review by yeah, this is it, and it's got like the first couple sentences. <laughs> uh, here's one. I can only give you this line of it because it's been removed. Amazing cinematography and a great performance by Joaquin Phoenix, who has fortunately moved on from artsy fartsy hipster trash like her. Remember that film her he was in? Yeah. Which, uh, that was a one and done. Well, I don't, I don't care about that, but like, it had these little jabs in there like that. Joaquin Phoenix has moved on from that kind of hipster trash. And then he, later, he also said too, don't watch independent film because that's just pretentious stuff for snobs. It was just weird, dude. It had all these weird, like, it was a rant. And again, nothing to do with Joker. Had two sentences about Joker and twelve paragraphs about, yeah, that nonsense. Whatever. I <laughs> hope that guy is banned. I, I'm I'm going to the link and it says this page does not exist. Cool. Good. I don't think he actually saw the film anyway because it only screened yeah. at Venice Film Festival. Well, how would a lunatic like that be in? Yeah, no kidding. You'd have to have more credentials. Then just being a lunatic. Uh, okay, are we doing recently watched? I think it is time for, uh, I was going to say mega recently watched, but we're, we're starting our recently watched about the usual time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, first up for me, I want to see if there's, um, hey, let's talk about Apocalypse Now, the final cut. How about that? Yep. I was, uh, I was going to say one of us was going to surely talk about that today. Yep. I've talked about this film before. It is, I mean, as weird as it is to say, having uh, such a thing as a favorite war film, I, I this, I, I get why that's a weird statement, but this one is mine. It, I feel uh, like this is how, this is the best way I can wrap my head around the way the Vietnam War was, as far as being just chaos and nobody knows what's going on and it's lunacy. And I know that uh, um, the Oliver Stone one, it also presents the Vietnam War in that sort of fashion, but it presents it in a really, this is how it is from the eyes of the soldiers uh, at the ground level. And I get that. It is chaos and confusion. But so was Apocalypse Now. I feel like it showed it from the top down. Uh, from the very beginning, we, we, we get the introduction of uh, 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 the, the people giving him the mission. And even they, you can tell, there's confusion. Uh, we just got to deal with this one little problem right now. And sending him into the depths of hell. Uh, and so you go along the ride with him from the very beginning of, of like, entering the conflict. And I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say. So let's just talk about the final cut itself. Uh it is like, well, and like I've said, it's a journey into madness from beginning to end. And you're like, how in the hell are you ever going to get back out of here? It's Alice down 
the well in Wonderland, down the rabbit hole. Um, it's a fantastic film. I like all the cuts. We're, we're now at a Blade Runner kind of situation. Where yeah, we are. With however many cuts are out there. Uh, I've Before, I, I, re- I preferred the... Uh, what's it called? The, the longest cut... Re- Oh, the uh, the Redux. Yeah, the Redux, Redo, whatever. I preferred that cut. Uh, But there was still stuff in there that I thought, like, yeah, we could have done without that. And this is now my cut. This is the cut I like the most. Because it takes out some of that stuff from the Redux, that that Redo, or whatever, however you pronounce that word, that didn't go anywhere. And it namely, well, you haven't seen it, so you don't know. But that, that ten minutes they cut, that was all them getting hooked up with the Playboy bunnies and just talking to them about nonsense for 10 minutes. It went nowhere. Ugh. It did nothing. I'm yet to see some boobs, I guess. That was cool. But other than that, <laughs> we could have lost that, especially on a movie that's pushing three hours. Um, this kept in the French stuff, which I was fine with, especially after watching the documentary, because uh, I didn't realize that the Vietnam War started because the French were trying to occupy their, that area or something. And, well, yeah. you know, that's you had said in Saltese of already what you're going to say because you said it brings the film to a halt. You're not necessarily wrong, but the film is a uh, series of of moments like that where it okay we get so far and then we stop and then we have a little bit of levity and calmness and then all hell breaks loose. That's kind of how that film goes, in my opinion. I mean, we have that bit where they pull over and hang out to get away from Kilgore, and then the tiger happens. You don't expect that. That comes out of nowhere. Oh, Holy great. shit, scary, scary every time. <laughs> uh, but And that's kind of what the French thing is, the French part is to me. And I'm fine with it, slowing the film down a little bit, because I, I, I feel like that, too, well, obviously, this is the only time in any Vietnam movie where they talk about the French, and I feel like that part needs to be a part of the conversation. Um. Anyway, I I love it. This is now my cut right here because it took out yeah some of that extra stuff and kept in the stuff that I liked that was extra the surfboards you, I, that I'm not I I would have to go watch the theatrical cut again. Maybe somebody else can tell me, but I I've watched the longer cuts more now than I have the shorter cuts, so I can't remember every little scene that was was or was not in. And I feel like all the surfboard stuff was in, uh, but. Over to you. Yeah, that was that was new to me when I watched the final cut was the addition of them stealing uh, Kilgore's surfboard and then them hiding from Kilgore as his helicopters are flying overhead trying to get the surfboard back. That that was not in theatrical, to my knowledge. And I've seen the theatrical. That's the only one I've watched up until Final Cut. I you know I need to I need to watch Final Cut a couple more times to fully. I guess fully embrace it because to me this that extra from what I remember the extra little bit of the surfboard stuff I'm like eh and especially the French plantation stuff it felt like I'm glad I watched it but I don't need to see that again like it I it still really slows that movie down and the performances they're they're fine and I like the the atmosphere that they created that that Coppola created there was fine. But I'm like, come on, I'm ready to get to the compound now, and... I get what you're saying, and one thing I noticed this time watching it during that scene was, um, while the, they're at the dinner, 
and the French guy is ranting about how they're never going to leave because this is their land, damn it, they took it by rights or whatever he's saying. And uh, <laughs> Willard is just sitting there like this the whole time. Uh, he's got his hand in front of his face because he's sitting facing the sunset and the sun is just in his eyes. That had to be a choice by Coppola. If it's not, it was a beautiful, happy accident. But it's just amazing how he's sitting there being annoyed by the sun in his eyes listening to this rant. And, You're and right. He is. Just like I, the entire time. And he's got this this look on his face like, now I got to clean this shit up. Uh, <laughs> I felt like it's just a great commentary between French and American politics and, and in that whole conflict. And mm-hmm. look, honestly, I don't care what cut you like. As long as you love one of them, I'm a happy person because I think yeah. the film is just amazing. I actually think at this point, this might be my favorite war movie of all time. I think that it has elevated itself. It is, it's a masterpiece. Like, it, it's so good. It's Kubrickian in, like, I'm talking transcends film to be its own form of art, almost, as weird as that sounds. Nope, I'm with you. It is. It's like, I think of all the other war movies that I adore. Private Ryan, Full Metal Jacket, Hamburger Hill. Like, they're, they're extremely well-made, brutal movies but this one doesn't have to be brutal, really. I mean, it is, I guess, a little bit. Uh, but I was worried they were going to take the cow part out, but they left that in. Which... They left that in, yeah. But just it's just insanity. It is. It's just, and it just to me, it feels like this guy is just going through the different levels of hell, and it's getting more and more crazy. Like to me, and he finally reaches true insanity uh, at the compound. It, I, it's hard for me to describe. Like every time I watch the movie, I take something way differently from it, and I look at it in a different way with how it was filmed, and just I, I don't know if Coppola meant for it to be like that. You can take it different, like you can take the movie in different ways and interpret it in different ways. Because I do, like when I watch, like it, I go several years between viewings, and I'm like, wow, I looked at this movie a bit differently this time, and. It, it, a little bit more like this guy's going through his own personal hell and is he going to come out unscathed? No, he's going to basically succumb to evil. Uh, he, he succumbed to evil. Well, I guess he, but basically I, to me, I thought, I think that, uh, it's interpretational. Per- you can take the whole journey yeah. however you want. It's Alice in Wonderland. It is the purgatory thing. Did Coppola yeah. mean to do all these things? If you watch the documentary, uh, Hearts of Darkness, you know, that that doesn't back that up, in my opinion, because they had such a hard time making the movie. That was yeah. its own level of hell that this half of this had to be by accident. But I know. I, I think there was some of it was happy accident. Yeah. But uh, it, when, the, you know, when he's talking to Marlon Brando's character, Kurtz, it just felt like, OK, I'm passing the baton of I'm insane. Like I am. I'm beyond insane and I'm passing the baton to you uh, so go ahead and kill me, because I'm here. I mean, I'm not going to put up much of a fight, and now you are the torchbearer of my craziness. Does, I mean, yeah. does that make any... Yeah, yeah, totally. It's... Uh, I'm trying to think of a good, another good example. Oh, it's uh, it's the end of Seven, <clears throat> is what it is. And my, mm. my sin is envy, so exercise your wrath. Prove me right. I'm going to die, but you're going to prove me right in doing so. And yep. the guy's like, fuck, ah, mm-hmm. but I have to. And here we go. And the way that he tries to prove him wrong at the end of Apocalypse Now is, uh, 
Does he kill Lance? Does the surfer die? He dies, right? He gets his head cut off and thrown in his uh, lap. No, no, the, uh, the, uh, Oh, no, that's the Frenchman. Does. That's the chef. Yeah. So I think Lance lives and, yes. and the previous guy they sent to assassinate Kurtz. He pulls him out of the crowd and takes him with him. Yeah, so Willard, Willard survives. Willard, Lance, and the other assassin. So at the end, mm. I kind of look at it as redemptive because he's getting out. He has the full opportunity to take over the Kurtz role, but instead he leaves and he takes the other assassin with him. Like, I assume he's going to try and um, save him as well. And hmm. down now, the river you go. <laughs> oh, man. Here's another thing with this movie. Um, I'm not sure what you think about the ending, but I, I mean. I'm really starting to to read up or, or you know watch special features and whatnot on Apocalypse Now and like just I always thought that this was a perfect final confrontation with Kurtz and with Willard and Willard and how that played out and then it's like then you find out actually Marlon Brando was not easy to work with and he would he wasted weeks oh of, he was a huge pain in the ass yeah and the, like he wouldn't he didn't want to do stuff and it's like he was overweight and it. it just hearing how what Coppola was faced with and like, how do I make this work? And just basically starting to shoot improv, like just start talking and how it turned out. I'm like, it's perfect. Like I, I'm glad they didn't go full on bombastic blowing the hell out of this compound. I like that they went this route. Like you already did the, uh, the Duvall character and that, that was your big set piece. And even the bridge scene, uh, those are your big set pieces. I don't, don't. I don't see to... how a big action piece would have worked at the end. I know. It, I don't think it would have. Yeah, it, so, it would have gone against the the whole plot through line of the whole movie. Yeah. But I, yeah, the getting Brando to just ramble, and then somehow piecing it Making together, it work. and it, and it worked. It totally works. But his and, totally. and that's why he was in darkness most of the time was because yep. he was overweight and oh. It, so here's here's. Here's something I want to discuss real quick because I have the this new Blu-ray release and there's some new special features on there and one of them is of this uh, this this photo this not photo, this photographer that uh, was he was on set and he took uh, I'm not sure if he's Nor- Norwegian or Finnish or anyway but he he was like a war photographer and he's a big photographer and they've recently just uncovered all sorts of production stills. And so they made this half-hour documentary on this photographer and what it was like for him to be there. And then they were showing you these new pictures that are just stunning. The pictures are it, it literally like the movie is otherworldly. And these pictures have, I'm like, it looks like another world. Like where the, like Avatar Land, like Pandora. It just, it's so weird to see. Like, no, nah, even the pictures make it feel like it's, in La La Land somewhere else. But the stories he has, and he, he starts talking about Marlon Brando a little bit, and just how, like, he would, like, oh, I got a stomach ache, oh, my back hurts. He would always have excuses, and then he would just ramble and just want to talk to Coppola just all day long while, every, while the cast and crew are sitting around waiting, 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 waiting. And and he's like, finally, you know, he's like, we got him to you know, do some improv stuff, and then he's also, he's like, he wouldn't even memorize his lines. Like, sometimes, and there was, like, pictures of Brando sitting there, like, He's like, you know, when he's like rubbing his face or whatever, or like he looks at his hands, he's like, he's, he's got dialogue. He's got script written on his hands. Like in, there, in the background, there's like a big poster board with stuff to say. He's like, he wouldn't memorize his lines. 
I'm like, how did they make that perfect of an and get that great of a performance? Because it was a great performance out of him with just with that. It's it's crazy. Yep. Oh yeah, I know. Okay, let's see. That was <clears throat> 1979. <laughs> Another of my mm. birth year films. 1979. He was that big of a pain in the ass. Uh, the formula, a dry white season, the freshman, Christopher Columbus, Don Juan DeMarco, the island of Dr. Moreau, the brave, free money, the score. Oh, how did he make that many movies after that? Like he was a pain in the ass back then. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. It's something just because you made some good movies and he, he was a name. Yeah. I remember stories from Superman. 19, yeah, him being a pain in the ass for that, too, at that point. That, he yeah. was the highest paid actor ever at that point for, he got, what, a million dollars for, like, a, a week's work or something? And he was getting three million dollars for, I believe, three weeks' work on this, and he was just letting it ride out, and I'm like, I, I can't, and then there was, like, he was going to have to pay him more, and, oh, uh, but, and they talked a little bit about Dennis Hopper, and that he was, it just craziness. Yeah, that like, was at the time when Dennis Hopper was still all drugged out, alcohol, yeah. just a lunatic. But uh, what's his name? Um, Sam Bottoms. He's Lance Johnson in the movie. He uh, he was just he's like everybody was either stoned, drunk, or on some sort of drugs. He's like, and it shows. Just he's like, <laughs> I'm like, yep. He was on like he was on acid when um, they get to the compound and doing the crazy. He was gone. Different colors. It saved that saved that character's life because yeah. he was just oh we're killing things okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is truly lightning in a bottle. I cannot believe they made this movie work, especially watching rewatching Hearts of Darkness. It just like it just felt like half of the stuff they're just throwing together. How it came out to be like this, I guess mean, I don't know what you'd change. I, I okay, there's the different cuts, but and they're all like the two that I've seen are excellent. I'm not sure how you, lightning in a bottle right there. You don't need to see that other cut after this one, nah. in my opinion. It, it yeah. it's a deleted scene put back in. Unless you are really hard up to see them play boys' boobies, <laughs> were they were they raped? Or no, 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 no. They they uh, Willard managed to pull some strings and get those ladies to come hang out with their guys, and then they kind of separated you know, as they got. They were just partying, and no, no, it was not rapey, as I recall. I've oh. only watched it once or twice, but it, it was not rapey in my recollection. It was just okay. They do have sex, but it was. Consensual. Yeah, they're just hanging out, and and they were very dumb. I remember that the bunnies were pretty dumb, and just blabbing mm. about this. Uh, I, I was bored, and it, they were all like in tents or helicopters, or because it was it, it, they had a sudden downpour for a couple of days, so nobody was doing anything. And I think they had some. The, the most interesting bit of it was Willard dialogue, where he was talking about even Charlie doesn't want to fight in the rain or something. I don't know. Yeah, well, there, yeah, there was the typhoon that wiped out a lot of their, of a lot of their production. Maybe that's uh, why they were filming that. They just let's film something, just yeah. anything. Yeah, which is what happened with when Charlie Sheen had Charlie Sheen when Martin Sheen had his heart attack. He was out of commission for several months, so they they got all their pickup shots and all their you know they were using a I think was it his his brother. Uh, for like, you know, from different angles or whatever. And then finally it's like, okay, we, we have to have tight shots on Martin Sheen. So we're stuck. Just the craziness that they had to go through. I mean, you'd think it was like a big budget trauma movie where it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, 
was nonstop battle. It was yeah. Star yeah. Wars almost. Coppola said that uh, Coppola said that he was like, you know, nowadays movies have have special effects. He's like, we didn't have special effects. We had you know, real helicopters blowing up shit. Well, and, and that as, was it. As They're, lightning in a bottle as most of the movie is, and and all those scenes that they capture that really, you know, the ones that you think of for the movie that are just craziness at the end. Uh, and then you then you've got that whole bit with Kilgore where you're organizing all these helicopters flying in and blowing up this thing like. All of a sudden, it's a huge, sweeping epic, and how, like it blows my mind to even try and wrap my head around how in the hell you get that together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just craziness. I know. Yeah. Oh, it's I. It's so fascinating now that uh, now that I'm starting to really delve into the special features, and now I'm like I'm hungry for more of it because it's so interesting. The dynamics at work in this movie. So I've got hours. Like I've literally. Well, maybe I've got you should hours. watch the Redux. Just because. Yeah, I, who knows? At this point, maybe the next time I watch it, I'll watch that just so I can say, okay, I watched all three. Yep, I've got all three of them because you you do now. Yeah, you've you've watched all three of them. Yep. And this is this uh. now that I have watched all three of them, this is my cut. When I go back to it, I like Blade Runner. I've watched all the cuts, so I know what's what. This is now my cut for this. Gotcha. Well, I'm glad that you like that. I mean, again, I I see the benefit of the French plantation thing, and maybe if I watch it again, I'll be like, okay. But the first time I'm like, ooh, this is this is jarring. I don't disagree that it slows it down, but it, they yeah. do that throughout the film at certain points. Yeah, yeah. It's but. it's kind of like let's have our our slope moment, then we'll have we'll get back on the river, and then we have our surprise moment, and, and you're like, yeah. holy shit, this is nuts, and then cycle repeat. Do you know that uh, I'm sure you know that George Lucas was supposed to direct this? Yeah, I knew that he was. Well, I don't know about direct. I, yeah, I'm not disagreeing was, with you. I'm saying I don't know that I yeah. knew that. But yeah, he was on tap to direct it, and then he passed it off, huh? I'm I'm assuming because of Star Wars. That was 77, and this movie was released in 79. 79. So I would assume, that, I, I don't know, but uh, it, Coppola went on record saying that, you know, George Lucas's vision would have been very, very different from mine. <laughs> no um, shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, and the, the, oh, the, I know it probably doesn't need said, but the performances in this film... Lawrence Fishburne. I would love to talk to Lawrence Fishburne about making this movie. I've never heard him talk about it, but uh, Duvall... A teenage teenage Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. You know, Scott Glenn's in the movie. He's one of uh, Kurtz's soldiers. He's... He is? No, yeah, Scott Glenn's in the movie. That's awesome. Uh, Now, there was... Oh, that's another thing I forgot to say, is on this this photographer documentary thing that's on this new Blu-ray release, uh, there's one picture of Dennis Hopper's character being just shot to, shot to hell. Like, his arm's missing, and he's got squibs going off, and I'm like, what? I, I want to see that, because I've never... I didn't know that his character was killed. Oh, yeah? I, th- I thought there was going to be another thing you were going to say after that. No, that was it. It was oh. just like, oh, there's a... Wait, whoa, there's a picture of Dennis Hopper being killed, and that's not in the movie in any version. No. So, I wonder if that was just something that, I don't know. I, mean, I think the, the original, the very, very, very first cut of this movie was five hours. And then... I ha- Give it to me. Feed it to me. My eyeballs <laughs> crave it. I, I would watch a five-hour cut of this shit. This, yeah. Uh, so good. So good. And I know that there have been vets that have said, no, it's not. It was not like that. It's okay, but every single Vietnam movie that I've seen 
hints that there were things like this happening all the time, it would not, after, I watched a 17-hour documentary, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying I know what it was like to be in Nam or something, I'm not going to speak against your experience, just, this sure seems like the perfect culmination of all of the insanity that went on with that conflict. Yeah, I I totally agree. I'm looking totally here agree. at uh, uh, Frederick Forrester. He was chef. I wanted to see, oh, has he done anything else? Yeah. He was in the conversation. Which I'm planning on hopefully watching tonight. Nice. But, uh, I'm hey, if you're going to watch that movie, you have to watch its sequel. Uh, actually, I just bought the Blu-ray for five bucks. So, I'm planning on... This is this is perfect wife material. So conversation tonight, hopefully, and then enemy of the state following. I would say fifty fifty on if she likes the conversation. I don't think there's anything objectionable in it that she would care about, yeah. but I, I don't know if she'll enjoy it because it's nineteen seventy four. I yep. think it's great. I think it's a gem in the rough. Like I don't hear enough people talking about it, and it pisses me off. When it comes to Coppola, uh, uh, I, there's three movies that come to my brain. It's Godfather, Apocalypse Now, and The Conversation. Same here. Well, and for me, uh, Dracula is in there, too. I, I love Dracula. Yeah, I always forget that. He, yeah, that's fantastic, too. But I'm talking 70s Coppola. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I think of Coppola, I think of 70s. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love the conversation. You, you might not love it on, on, you know, first watch. I think you'll appreciate it. It's a mystery film. It's not action-packed. Is it? Is it, uh, like... You know, I kind of sort of have the style that Coppola shoots in. Is it, can you tell it's a Coppola movie or is this a complete, oh, anybody could have directed this thing? No, you can tell it's a Coppola film. It very much okay. feel, feels like a Coppola film. But it is, it's a 1970s thriller, so it's not that thrilling. It's good. I really, I love the movie, but it, it's more of a exercise in writing and character study and stuff like that. It's It's not action packed at all. Uh, now the um, I assume it's a follow up, but the Enemy of the State. I literally have not watched that. I mean, I may have watched it twice, but that's a that's a stretch. I, mean, I know I watched it in the theaters back in nineties eight or ninety nine. Uh, that, but that movie is the reason that I came to the conversation because uh, somebody online was talking about it in relation to the conversation. I was like, well, I watched that Enemy of the State. I watched it. it's okay action movie, but they mentioned this. 70s movie, oh, let me go track that one down. Then I went and watched the conversation and then watched Enemy of the State right after. And I'm, I don't know, like, logistically, if, if it was in, it had to be intended. It had to be intended. It's, it's what they call a spiritual sequel. But if you watch them right back to back, there's so much shit in there. No, no, no. This is a damn sequel. The only thing they didn't do is name the guy the same name, which I, Hey, maybe he's using an alias in the context uh-huh. of the two films that would make total sense. And, oh, Hackman is so good. Hackman makes that movie. I'm not talking about the conversation. Obviously, he makes that movie. But he makes Enemy of the State. Uh, uh, he elevates that material because it's just kind of a throwaway 90s. That's Tony Scott film, wasn't it? Yeah, Tony Scott. Will Smith. But having the uh, information from the conversation and then going into that movie, it just makes it so much better. Uh, it's like, I, I, it's hard to explain. You'll understand yeah, without it. Without me, yeah. You watch them back to back, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. And that's what I'm planning on doing. I'm, especially after Apocalypse Now, I'm like, okay, now it's time. And, and even 12 Angry Men, I'm like, you know what? I, I'm a little bit more into classic cinema that's not Italian gory horror giallo stuff. I'm like, I need to, some of these I need 
these are checklists. The Sting's checked off the list. I need to get rid of some of these other movies off the checklist. I have been killing it in 2019 on recommendations. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to think if there's any outright duds, and I don't think there is. I mean, actually, 12 Angry Men is, I think, the biggest surprise. uh, Because that's a masterpiece. That was fantastic. And I'm not sure where I'm going to fall on... Did you like that better than The Sting? Mm Mm-hmm. I did. Wow. It just... It was... I was never bored. It was... Dude, like, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. I, I'm giving you Rex, and you're coming back with positives. I don't give a shit which order they're in. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, even even 2018, you were killing it with uh, Kurosawa. Oh, yes, I was. Do you know that uh, that Coppola, he just offhandedly mentioned, like, you know, I've met, you know, such and such directors, and he, I, you know, I met, met Kurosawa. I'm like, that's just hard for me to even fathom. Like, you met him? And I'm like, I guess he he died not that terribly long ago, but I'm like, that, that's, like, Coppola is a living legend, and he has met them all, like you know, like. And have we? Have, we should do a director spotlight on him sometime. But I think we should. Damn it, we were supposed to do a actor spotlight this week, and I totally forgot about it. Oh um, yeah, we were going to do a Val Kilmer one, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, <clears throat> it's weird though that Coppola is—he's still alive, still making movies, uh, but he's still doing it the way that they, uh, Zoetrope did it. You know, Zo- American yeah. Zoetrope was born out of trying to escape the big studio system, and his movies don't make a ton of money, even though he has some that are heralded as classics of all, greatest movies of all time, uh, uh, and he still has to find his own way and self-finance, and even though the movies that he's made in the last I've 20 years, I've not really cared for, I've reviewed some of them on the show as being un- nearly unwatchable, I still am like, you're doing what you want to do, and I appreciate that so mm-hmm. much that you're not held to uh, uh, somebody else's rules. I don't know. We have blabbed. We're let's oh, do I... a big review show instead. We'll talk about Apocalypse Now and Coppola for two hours. Um, <laughs> do you want to review a movie? Over to you. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Oh, even now, like, did you do you know that he directed Peggy Sue Got Married? <laughs> I did not. Wow. I, I I watched that movie and I remember really liking it. Oh, really? I have. I've never seen that one. Anyway, okay. I, I could literally spend the rest of the uh, episode just talking about just slobbering over Coppola. I, I want to go see... Hold on. Before we complete... You do know who wrote Apocalypse Now. Um. Oh, John Milius? Milius, yes. Milius. John Milius. Yep. Okay, I'm going to look over his... Uh, let's... let's I, since we're still here, let's go over his... There we go. Conan the Barbarian. That's all I need to know. That's John Milius, yeah. Yeah. Why can't I just get to a director list? I want to look over his list of credentials here. See if there's any. Did you ever watch Dementia Thirteen? No, I, that's like old, old, old horror movie with. Uh, I Jack- have it here on VHS. October. I'm going to watch it. It's okay. the first one I'm going to watch in October. How about that? Uh, it's one of those movies that's in every box set. Yep. Godfather, so- the yeah, the Godfather and the Conversation. He directed nearly back to back, as I recall. 1972, 1974. The Godfather Part Two is 1974. Uh, Apocalypse Now. The Outsiders. That's and Rumblefish. Both those are VHSs on my shelf. Oh man, I've never seen The Outsiders. That's Tom Cruise, Patrick Swayze. I've seen The Outsiders, but I don't think I've seen Rumblefish. That's a sequel. That the, I'm gonna watch those this week. The Cotton Club. That's yeah. Isn't that like a? That's right there on my shelf too. A VHS. I didn't know he directed that. Sweet. 
oh, coming soon. We'll just get this out of the way right now. It's a Francis Ford Coppola <laughs> tarathon. <laughs> uh, Tuck, Tucker, The Man in His Dream. I have seen that movie more than once. Damn good film. I quite enjoy that movie. And then, man, that was 87. And then Godfather 3 and 90. And then Bram Stoker's Dracula. Man, is that a good movie. Uh, I love Jack Dracula. is awful. Jack, is that, that with uh, Robin Tom Hanks? Williams? Robin no. Williams. Robin Williams, where he's a big kid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not so much. Yeah. yeah, that's no bueno. Uh, of course, it reverted back, you fucker. There we go. The Rainmaker. A fine lawyer movie. And this is, that's the line right there. 1997. I think that is the line. Then we go to 2007, Youth Without Youth. That's a DVD I've had on my shelf. I've gotten through it a couple, uh, I started a few times. I haven't quite finished it, but so far it was masterful. Tetro, everyone talks about as being uh, amazing. I haven't seen it. That's Joaquin Phoenix, I believe. Twixt, Distant Vision, Megalopolis. Haven't seen any of them. There was one that was on the roulette. I think it was Twixt. Yeah, you had that on the uh, on the roulette, and I didn't take yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I watched that. I no, I endured that. Ooh, it was. I, I get it. He was trying to do a real artsy kind of thing. It was half, I want to say it was half black and white and half color, and there were dream visions and people walking in their sleep, and I, it, it was nonsensical to me. Maybe one, it's something I'll check out down the road, and it'll be a masterpiece. Okay, uh, over to you. Review something, please. Okay, sir. I will review something now. Um, <laughs> um, oh, that's going in the intro for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, you're putting me on the spot oh, again. Oh, come on. I blabbed all that time. I don't know, Rick. <laughs> oh. Uh, you want to talk oh, about okay. Rick and Morty again? Season one. I finished season one finally. Uh, much to the chagrin of my wife. <laughs> I, I told you not to do that. Oh, I know. I It was it was my own fault. And this, it, it all came to a head on Friday night. I just in one of my, I was in a bad mood and I had, I had a, I had a bad buzz going on, and I'm like, you know... To clarify, people, when we say we have a bad buzz going on, that does not mean that we're about to beat the children. No, this is just like, you know, yeah, like... We're very happy drunks. It yeah, I'm always... That, 90% uh, of the time, I'm... Kind of I'm moody. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just sullen and sulky. Yeah, yeah. Um, How dare you, you monster. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to bed, I'm like, I want to watch something funny because I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> I'm like, and I don't want to watch Seinfeld. Wow, you so, asshole. Yeah, so I'm like, well, Rick and Morty. And, uh, I mean, she just lays there and on her phone. I'm like, oh, and he's, it's lots of burps in this episode. And that's all I remember. All of a sudden, I feel a hand over there grabbing the remote out of my hand. I'm like, I'm awake. I'm awake. And I'm like, and she's like, no, you're not. Well, that was the wrong response. Yeah, she's like, no, you're not, Eugene. She's like, you've been, you've been asleep for 10 minutes. I'm like, no. Good night. Off. And and then the next morning, then she's like, okay, so let's discuss Rick and Morty a little bit here. She's like, I really hate that show. <laughs> like, really, really hate that show, especially I when you fall why asleep. Do you, why do you never listen to me? I told you. <laughs> oh, it's the only time I can watch it. <laughs> no, it's not. You got your mornings when you're up at five o'clock. Yeah, that's things. true. Yeah. So, so then I'm like, okay, now, then I got defiant. I'm like, I'm going to watch the rest of season one this whole weekend. So I just take, you know, just hold up in my office, just watching Rick and Morty and laughing and ha 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 ha, Uh One day when you go back and, and re-listen to this show in its order, you're going to be 
oh, ten episodes ago when I was telling you how much you're going to rewatch this shit. <laughs> oh, it's so you're good. Gonna, you're going to love that. <laughs> it's so good. It, it, like, every episode is every bit as good as the previous one. It's like there's no dips in quality. They're all great. And I'm like, I gave it four four 4.5 out of 5. And I'm like, I the only reason is I'm thinking maybe seasons 2 and 3 might even be better somehow. They are. They are. It doesn't go anywhere but up. And this is why it takes so long for them to make uh, uh, an episode. You, now what was the last one you said you watched? The- it's the one where, yeah, where, they, where there's a big party and then they, they trash the house and they freeze time. When the parents are running towards the house, pissed yeah. off. Uh-huh. And then they get a TV set up outside, carve pumpkins, put them on the parents' heads. And- Have you watched the next episode where they wrap that up? No, uh-uh. Oh, okay. I won't, I won't spoil it then. Uh, but that's that's one of the I, I said it before on the show, but it, you're just now actually seeing it. It's one of the things I loved about. Yeah, I know there was only three seasons that I've seen, but the season enders they write themselves into a impossible corner. And if you think this was an impossible corner, oh, just wait till season two, three transfer there. It it, it was like, where what are we doing now? What and they address it in the most hilarious manner. I I was weeping. Weeping, like they're like, oh, we can deal with it, or we cannot. Eh. <laughs> we'll address it. We'll we'll mention that we did that, and then we're just moving on. <laughs> I can't imagine anybody not adoring this. But then I'm a sick, crazy bastard. So I knew I I told you I knew you'd love it. I it, in my opinion, it's the best of all of the adult animated shows. This one, it, it's as good as all my friends online say it is. Yeah. And I can't I can't believe it, but. It is. It's the best yeah. one. I mean, it, t- it it took me about halfway through season one. I'm like, okay, we are now, you know, inching our way towards South Park and the best of Family Guy level entertainment here, or comedy gold. And by the end of season one, I'm like, this is, I, there's not been a dud. And there's, even with South Park, there are some dud episodes, or there's some, okay, it was okay, but it wasn't that terribly funny. Here, it's tears every episode. Every episode, and they're all gory. I love that they're gross and just... Perverted. Oh, nudity. Oh. And, <laughs> and then there's always zingers in the end. After the credits, then there's always a zinger, and usually the zingers are just perfect and yeah. awkward. Awkward. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We've talked about it before on the show, like, uh, the, uh, 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 the perfect, te- um, punchline. Like, you, you can go for this punchline over here, and that's amusing, but there's this punchline over here that is pinnacle. It's peak. It's perfect. And it seems like with Rick and Morty, every damn one is perfect. Perfect. It's the it's the best one. You you can see the setup coming, or happening, and go. Oh, they might go for this joke, and that would be funny. They don't. They go for that one that they tried about five times to, to find the perfect one. Mm-hmm. And they are making seasons four and four and five, or at least four. Four is just about done. It's coming out this. It's coming out uh, in October, I think. Or okay. Soon. So and is that that's on Cartoon Network? That's on Adult Swim. Uh, yeah, I want to say yes. Okay, so it's not going to be like. You're gonna have to either have adult. Uh, you're gonna have to have Comedy Central, or it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. It's but not gonna. You be and me, well, we wait for physical media. Yeah. On these kinds. And, of and the thing is, these are so good. If seasons two and three are anything like you're saying, like I'm fine waiting. I'll. I. I can even rewatch some of these already. I could. Re- like they're, they're that good. I told you when it's over, you're gonna want to start it over again. Uh, it. They get better. You oh, haven't got man. to the episode yet where. Uh, no, no, that's that's the that's the first episode of season three, I believe, where they wrap up the shit from season two, and then 
Rick is trapped in a virtual reality simulation from aliens. Uh, from uh, people that they capture him and they're trying to rob him of something and they put him in a virtual reality, him and Morty. Okay. You, know, you haven't seen that one yet? I don't. Oh, which one? Because I, I, I started ahead, which I shouldn't have done. I want to say that's the first episode of season three. Okay. But I may have, I'm, I'm not sure. Wow. Oh, anyway. Yeah. The, but the, I, end, I, the end of that episode is so good. Oh, what happened? Well, Jerry, <laughs> the smartest people in the world just blew up. Huh. <laughs> oh, and I love when Jerry starts to cry and gets emotional and then heartfelt moment with the wife and oh, they're always on the brink of divorce. Just on the brink of just our lives are in shambles. You haven't got there yet. Have you been to any of the bits yet where uh, the tags with Jerry where he's standing outside and there's there they do this, I swear, at the end of two or three different episodes. The wind comes by. And and you have to really turn up your sound system to hear it, but Jerry will just be standing there, and the wind comes by and moves some leaves, and you just hear, loser. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I've never heard and he that. looks around like, huh? And, oh, no, oh, it happens. Anytime that episode ends with Jerry, turn up your sound system real loud, because the, again, <laughs> loser. Oh, it's I, so funny. No. Oh my God. And it's the most worst depressing possible way to end any show. Yeah. Nobody does that. You don't do that. <laughs> that's, that's not what you should do. They do. Yeah, they, they do. Yeah. This last episode where, where, uh, Jerry and his wife go on to the, uh, the, the, the Titanic, uh, <laughs> amusement park yes. ride. Yep. Uh-huh. Oh, and they had the, the lady that was obsessed with it and, it was great. And somehow they tied in the Robert De Niro movie. Uh, what's the Robert De Niro movie where he's psycho, crazy psycho, goes underneath? Yeah. The- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they tie that in. And you don't end an episode with somebody getting run over underneath a car. Mm-hmm. That's not how you end an episode. Uh, they do. They do. <laughs> brilliant. Just brilliant. I, right now, I can't pick a favorite episode. I, I don't know. Well, that's because you haven't got to Pickle Rick yet. But you'll get there. I think that's season two. So Okay. Rick. And, and the first time you watch it, you'll be like, yeah, that's that was a really solid, good episode. But about the third or fourth time you watch it, you'll be like, the writing level is so uh, uh, up here, above, it, it, it it's, it's just staggering to watch. It's crazy awesome. Yeah, there's one episode that ends with, uh, it, and it was apropos of nothing. It's just Jerry standing outside, getting his mail out of his mailbox, and he... <laughs> He has a, a, a little fun bag of chips in his hand, and he opens the mailbox and pulls out his unemployment check. <laughs> a wolf comes by. Have you seen this? Uh-uh. A, a wolf comes by and starts growling at him, and he goes, Do you want some chips? And the thing goes, you, you want my unemployment check? And the thing's like... <laughs> he, he's like, you literally want the thing that will not give you sustenance. You want the thing... This is food. I have chips, food. Uh, this will not feed you. So he gives him the check. He, the dog chews it up and then goes, Bleh, and works it up <laughs> and then walks away. And, then, and Jerry stands there with his fun bag of chips and the wind comes along. <laughs> I, mean, I, I haven't experienced. So has it happened in season one where the wind blows by? And the, no, I don't, I don't remember what, I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to go look. But 
Oh, that's so funny. That's brilliant. And I, you have to, you have to turn the sound bar up. <laughs> the sound because it's so subtle. Even Jerry goes, huh? <laughs> and you see is. Jerry go, huh? What? A complete then, then, loser. <laughs> loser. Oh, the episode where where uh, where Morty is raising this this beast creature thing. With, with arms, with, yeah, with, with, with arms, I was saying, and like, and the creature will do something as a baby, and, you know, and, and, uh, Morty's like, oh no, I don't know what to do, and then the camera just real quickly goes over, and there's his mom or dad sitting on the couch, like, mm hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Doing great. Yeah, doing, doing great. great. <laughs> Brilliant. Anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> um, the end of that episode. That's another one where I, I, I knew this show was brilliant was the oh, end of that episode. Where they do the interview with the adult the, creature. Hollywood Writing 101, you do not end an episode this way. Um, depressing, sad, grown up, uh, uh, insulting his parent. Just, just uncomfortable, awkward, and delicious. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep, he wrote a book. He had a, a book written, and <laughs> awful. Oh, that's just so anti Hollywood writing. That that's that's why the show is a success. That's people want this shit, you morons. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> More of this, less of everything else. Yeah. And I I do like that. I'm I'm trying to pace it though because it is so good. I could binge it. I really could binge it. But I'm like, oh, for this... once, I actually want you to binge binge something, and you won't do it. You're you're. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why well, hey, season one is you can. Feel free to start watching season one. I'm done with it. So. Oh, good deal. Because there are some episodes in there that I did not see. Oh, they're they're great. They're anyway. Okay. I mean, it's literally like we're our, the show's about done. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> Let's do a huge review episode. We got two things done. <laughs> you didn't even review a movie. Well, I guess Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Uh huh. I took credit for that one. <laughs> oh wow. Oh, okay. I'll do another movie. <clears throat> Let's talk about Short Circuit. When oh. was the last time you watched Short Circuit? I maybe the theater. I mean, that's Johnny Five, right? Yeah, yeah. Oof. Oh, why? Oof. I, that was a. I liked this movie as as a kid. This was in my eighties oh. uh, staple of of science fiction, uh, fun, family friendly. Yeah. Uh, I remember Short Circuit Two a little bit more. Isn't that he goes to the army or something? I have it on my shelf. I'm going to watch it soon. I don't remember it, but I remember part one more. Uh, but this this is right in that. 80s action adventure, family friendly stuff that I could rent all the time with uh, E.T. and mm. uh, uh, you know I, I was tilt towards the science fictiony, but um, what's that one? I got the DVD over there somewhere. Last Starfighter. Or... Last Starfighter is a good example. The one where the kid goes back in time or goes forward in time uh, with the alien. Enemy Mine? No. No. Damn it. Mac and me. No, that movie <laughs> sucks balls. I have to find this out because... Flight of the Navigator? There you go. Thank you. Oh. Flight of the Navigator. Uh, it, I think of it in, in terms of that because it, it, it's a kind of a kind of made-for-TV-ish quality, mm-hmm. uh, but still very entertaining and cool science fiction-y and whatnot, but I have not watched this movie in uh, it ha- maybe two decades uh, since the total rental days. Had it on VHS. Let's finally check this thing off the list. Yeah, this movie holds up. This is good. This is totally entertaining. Uh, a perfect example of 80s sci-fi comedy kind of stuff where 
this was aimed towards kids. There's a lot of sex jokes. Um, <laughs> uh, I was shocked that one of the doctors or one of the professors or whatever that works on Johnny Five or these robots is named Dr. Marner. And oh. that really weirded me out because the only time I hear my last name is when somebody decides to remake uh, or uh, do another version of Silas Marner, that novel. Uh, so it was really weird just hearing that name in general context of, well, you contact Dr. Marner. You need to find out about, uh, ask Dr. Marner. Do- oh, you know how Dr. Marner is. Uh, stuff like that. It's like, ah, this is weird. <laughs> Even your last name, I hear way more than mine in, in movies. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, just as far as random people are named. Uh, so that was cool. There was, it, it, again, I, I can't stress enough that this was so 80s in its tone of like, well, these are war robots and we're making them for war. And everybody's just like, that's okay. <laughs> Ultra death machines for mm-hmm. war. It's fine. <laughs> and now you look at it. And, hmm, that's kind of weird. Isn't it kind of weird that we're just glossing over that? Um, 80s. <laughs> 80s. Uh, what was that Matthew Broderick movie? Uh, War games. War games. Yeah. We're just, we're just glossing over it. It's it's just a back background of a movie. Yep. It's not that big a deal. Or it's a giant deal and many people will die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, is... short circuit. I enjoyed it. Uh, and it's a, it's a beautiful example of 80s cinema as far as what would flow back then. What would fly? What would be okay? Culturally acceptable. And hilariously so. Yeah, and it's got Ali Sheedy, Steve Gutenberg, Fisher Stevens. I mean, that's a pretty good cast. Again, that's racist because Fisher Stevens, I don't believe, is an Indian guy. But yo, know, he was doing his Indian. Oh, oh. Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked like he had a spray tan on too. I now I have to look it up because if he is uh, actually Indian, I'll be. He's not Indian, right? I don't think I Fisher Stevens. There he is. Um... Born in Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, mm, I really enjoy the actor, though. I, but (laughs) he was in Hackers. I really liked him in Hackers. (laughs) Yeah. Not, not, uh, wait a minute. Yeah, I do not think that, (laughs) I don't think he's Indian. And looking at this picture on Wikipedia, he had a spray tan in short circuit. And in oh. Short Circuit 2, was he the main guy in Short Circuit 2? I will be reporting on that next week because I'm going to watch that movie. Because <laughs> I think he, I mean, it says here, you know, uh, Tim Blaney is the voice of Johnny Five. And then right underneath that, it's Fisher Stevens, Ben Javeri or Javeri or... Uh, well, they, and they changed his name between the movies. It was Ben Jabutiya in Short Circuit, renamed Ben java harry in the sequel like that that makes it better but that's hollywood think in the 80s that was 80s right oh yes 86 and then 88 well that's how much they grew that's how much they grew in two years they're like we'll we'll change his name just a little bit (laughs) not the actor we're not gonna get somebody that's actually indian we'll just have this white guy do it yeah (laughs) i i remember when we went to see short circuit 2 i think it was on a vacation and I, i was at this point i'm at the age to where i'm like Nah, this is getting kitty. And I remember it was like short circuit two or nothing. Take your pick. Because I was uh, 10. Was, oh man, I was 14 years old. And short circuit two was on. I did not want to watch it, but they're like, it's, it's this or nothing. And I begrudgingly was short circuit two. 
<laughs> well, okay. don't hold it against that. I, I know. <laughs> uh, we would go see anything. At no, any I would go see time. anything. Yeah. yeah. Are we going to the theater? Yes. Then I'm, I'm in. One Whatever place. it is. To hell with yep. it. All right. Back to you. Um, Hold on. Where are we at? Oh, we're, we're past an hour oh, and a half already. Blown it already. Good. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and review something and then we'll be done. Okay. Um, oh. I kind of feel like there was something that I wanted us to talk about that you watched. I watched Stand, I mean, Stand By Me. I watched Hearts of Darkness. I watched Below again. Uh, Jaws well, let's talk, 2. Let's talk about Below. Because I think that uh, TJ just watched it. Not oh, did he? Okay. Or was in, or was thinking about watching it. I was trying to talk him into it. I'm not sure if he actually did. I'd have to go check my messages. This is the David Toy movie from... Yeah. Uh, it's, it's still... It's still fantastic. Every single time I watch this movie, it doesn't... It doesn't get... Well, I, I take that back. I There's some CGI that I'm starting to be like, oh, I can kind of tell the CGI. But for 2002, low budget, this is a great movie. Like, it, it's still... It's... Twilight Zone on a submarine. That's the best way to describe the movie. It's got good acting. It's creepy. And Darren Aronofsky wrote the thing, or one of, was one of the writers. Uh, I love it. And in fact, revisiting the list of the movies that uh, David Toy has directed, this might honestly be my favorite one from him. This might be my favorite movie that he's made. It's it's that good. Uh, I have to go look that up now. I'm not disagreeing with you, yeah. but I'm... There's only one movie from him that I was like, meh. Uh, I really like The Arrival. Oh, I we <laughs> I know which yeah. one you're talking yep. about. A Perfect Getaway was meh. Uh, but this one here, uh, again, if you, if you haven't watched it, uh, listeners, it's a total gem. It was dumped to the theaters by Miramax, which you and I saw with a group of friends that didn't like it. I remember that. Uh, and we were like, what? Uh, what? This is great. Oh, oh we were a church, a... a church group that we were in. <laughs> um, but, I mean, th- this is crazy. The budget was $40 million. The U.S. gross $605,000. Translation, it got dumped. That's Miramax for you. Yeah, oh, yeah. They... Bruce Greenwood was great as they... Is he oh. crazy? Is he not? Yeah. It's a great film. I, yeah. One of my favorite shots in it, this is um, why I think of him as a great director, is because there's a shot where the uh, depth charge is coming down on, here we go, in my weird submarine thing, because I like underwater. Uh, the depth charge comes down on the top of the boat, and it explodes above the boat, which would force the boat straight down at a high intense uh, force. And then he cuts to a shot uh, of the guys in the boat, and they just slam into the ceiling. Oh, yes! That was great. That was a great scene. Brilliant. That is yeah. such a brilliant shot. I love that. Yeah. Let's I really... Look, let's, let's look at what else he's written. Uh, Critters 2, Warlock, Warlock the Armageddon, The Fugitive, Terminal Velocity, Charlie Sheen. I like that movie. Waterworld, The Arrival, Charlie Sheen. G.I. Jane, good movie. Pitch Black. <sighs> All the stuff he's directed. Yeah, really, the only mark on there is Perfect Getaway. Yeah, that uh, was swinging a miss. Yeah, I did not care for that film. Yeah. But anyway, um, this one here, I'm not sure if the Blu-ray is out of print. This was on, uh, this was like on Blu-ray with Darkness, a movie called Darkness, with uh, Anna Paquin. Oh, which that's is, a good movie too. Yeah. Underrated. And 
And that that's I think that's Echo Bridge, but just with the whole Miramax thing, I'm not even sure if that's still in print. But total total gem, still holds up. Uh, it's creepy. Zach Galifianakis is in it, so there's that, and he's kind of the comedy relief, I guess. That was the movie that uh, introduced me to him. Yeah, and I was wow, this guy is really funny. Uh, then Hangover. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Good shit. Good performances all around. Yeah. Good story. Keeps you guessing till the very end. Yeah, hour and forty-five, and I was never bored. Never bored. Is it really that long? Wow, yeah, I didn't know it was that long. But anyway, the, actually, I watched Below because I'm still every now and then I still think about that submarine movie with with my man Butler. <laughs> and Bunch I'm like, of killer. Oh. Yep. I was like, oh, that was a good movie. I'm like, ah, oh, what's another good submarine movie? And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I've seen Hunt for Red October enough that I want to give it a little bit of breathing room. I'm like, ah. Oh, Ah, how about some below? Oh yeah. Now is that one uh, 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 wife friendly? Below, uh, she's watched it with me, and she's okay with it. But because it is splashes of horror. Yeah, it's it. it but no, it's that was yeah. one. Anymore, there are certain movies that I like so much that I want to enjoy them. Well, that's and that's what I was trying to tell you with the the conversation. If if it gets uh, mystery science theatering time. You're gonna. That's gonna be a long ass movie. Yeah, don't, don't yeah. Teach. And so I, I'm like, I, I don't want Mister Science Theater with this, or let's just, yeah. Anyway, I got you. Yep. That's good it. Shit. Man, that's a good movie. Yes, it is. Yeah, boy, we didn't really review any, uh, any outright garbage today. Yeah, we did. Also, didn't do it. We were gonna do a speed round. Didn't do that. I have nope. dozens of VHS just waiting to be talked about. Yep. Um. It's getting too long. Coming soon for me. I guess I'm going on a Coppola streak. I didn't. I didn't realize I was going to do that. <laughs> but you until are now. But I guess I am. I'm going to watch some racist ass Short Circuit too. Uh, <laughs> and we laugh over that. And oh yeah, POC is like you fuckers. I, I've, I'm with you. I'm with you, POC. <laughs> okay. What do you got coming soon? Um, you know, I still really, really want to watch Under the Silver Lake. I've been... Oh, yeah. Really want to watch that. That's that's what I've been wanting your review of. Yeah. So I'm going to watch it. It's just... I can tell that that my wife's been wanting to watch another movie with me again. I'm like, you know what? The conversation is going to be a good one. And then the follow-up, or kind of, sort of. So I'm like, those are next on the list. But once those are done, then it'll be back to me, myself, and I. And it'll be Under the Silver Lake. Um, actually, that might be a selling point for getting her through the conversation. Say like, uh, you, this is Tron one and that is Tron two and to enjoy, fully appreciate Tron two, you have to watch Tron one. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I guarantee it. I know she's going to love enemy of the state. That is, yeah. that is, that's premium, premium, my wife material right there. Right. So just it, tell her it'll make that movie so much more improved. Yeah. And I'm sure it will. And also, there's a there's a couple documentaries on Amazon Prime that I might be watching. One is called uh, Waken. Uh, it takes you in stage of the biggest metal festival in the world, which I'm like, oh, heck yeah, that's all me right there. Um, assholes. Oh, it's... Right there is your title, I think. Um, <laughs> I don't think I can do it. <laughs> uh, and there's another one called Until the Light Takes Us, which is <laughs> black Norwegian metal. Yay! You have your VHS, and I've got my black Norwegian metal. It's fine. I'm not judging. <laughs> African-American Norwegian metal. 
that's all I've got. That's um, oh, all right. Bunch of other stuff. I oh, there was some other stuff too. Oh, Schindler's List is it's it's on my chair to rewatch because we've been talking about it, and I'm like, oh. Were there any other black and white films that popped in your mind after we did that segment that you forgot? No, that was. I cannot believe I forgot Pi. I can't. A Pi and Tetsuo. Those are like two that I go right for, and I completely forgot them. Ugh. You know, the, if you would have finally, which I just gave up, but if you would have watched the similars, that would have been another one that we could have included on this. <laughs> Don't you think? No, Skype is not frozen. <laughs> Uh, we'll have to get Steven's top 10 black and white films. Uh, when he sends me that list, um, then we'll, we'll see if the similars made it. Do you think? Yeah, (laughs) maybe you, you know what? I'm going to make a mental note because I haven't thrown that your way for a little while. It's not a mental note if you write it down, just for the record. And I see Uh, you writing it down. The. That's not mental. No, that's. In today's day and age, it's, it's, truth can be, whatever, I'm not, (laughs) go on, Uh, truth truth, can be what? Truth can be, uh, whatever you, whatever you want it to be. Yeah, very, how about we end on that little happy note? Yeah, man, I'm trying to find a word and I just, truth can be. What, what and mean? there's there's our title. Uh, that's it. <laughs> Truth can be. All right. I'll see you next time. This All right. Way too long again. It takes me so long to fucking edit this shit. Every time that we go long, it just it's hours off my life, and then I got to get Eugene's <laughs> shitty text every Saturday morning. Where's the episode? Uh, <laughs> oh, there are friendly reminders. You're not in. You're not you're making it go faster. It's. it's <laughs> I'm not uh, your child. I'm not one of your kids uh, that you're trying to get like, to do laundry. It's, go. Uh, it's not like I'm at home just fucking off and, oh, <laughs> I guess I should do the podcast. <laughs> I'm literally sweating and working on it and, and ding. <laughs> there's, don't, there's, don't say oh, it. another don't YouTube meme. Eh, where's the episode? <laughs> oh, our fans demand it. And so do I. And they'll get it when I'm good and ready. <laughs> They're paying for you to get this. I know. Thing. No, I'm paying. I'm paying for them to get it. <laughs> oh, and we just add to the minutes right now. Yeah, yeah okay. Literally... All right. I... Bye. Yep. We're done. for listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod on Twitter at moviefreakspod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.